0: Thanks for waking up with WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us on Top of the K. Okay, Sunrise. Always very happy for the opportunity to introduce our next guest. Movie Mike McGranahan is here. Professional movie critic. His website that I go to, oh my gosh, you're crazy, about five times a week now, now that we have all these streaming services and so on. Isleseat.com. He's a staff writer for Ranker. He's just a super guy and a wonderful person to know. Member of the Critics' Choice Association, Online Film Critics Society, and follow him on Twitter as I do, at Isleseat.com. Seat and I could go on and on, but uh, without further ado, good morning, sir. Good, good morning, how are you? Good, 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 good. I'm doing just fine. And you? Not bad, not bad. Hanging in there? Oh, you're looking good. Movie Mike McCranahan has got his review of a new film that's out these days called Separation. Separation stars Rupert Friend as a washed-up
1: comic book writer whose wife is divorcing him and taking their young daughter with her. But then his wife is killed by a hit-and-run driver. Immediately afterward, he and the girl are visited by a series of eerie-looking creatures. He feels threatened by them, whereas she appears to be drawn to one of them, a shadowy black figure that keeps appearing in her bedroom. To say any more would be a spoiler, but you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out where this story is headed. Separation uses horror to address the issue of divorce, the games parting couples play, the blaming of each other, the desire to get even, and so on. That's a great idea for a scary movie, because what could be more terrifying than going through that process? The movie has some effective visuals, as well as ambitious themes. That said, separation simply isn't all that scary. It never fulfills the potential of its premise, and there are too many talky scenes in between the ones that are supposed to be eerie. And if you don't see a particular third-act revelation coming a mile away, you need glasses. I I respect the desire to use horror as a way of addressing a relevant topic, but the execution here is too mild to earn the movie a recommendation. On a scale of one to
0: four, I give it two and a half, Divorce Lawyers. (laughs) All right, well, the trailer gives away quite a bit, but there's a lot that's not in the trailer, I'm assuming?
1: Um, yeah, well, there's some, yeah. I... I I think I probably am a little more cautious in not giving things away than the trailer is. Trailers these days tend to reveal everything, but Mm -hmm. you can figure out where this is going based on that description, and that is a potentially interesting idea for a horror
0: movie. They just don't do enough with it. They don't take it far enough to really make it scary. Okay, so they could have done better. This tries to be a horror film on the level of what? What are we talking about here? Well, I think it's aiming to be along the lines of something like The Babadook, which is one
1: of the great horror movies of the last decade, You know, where it's a it's a horror movie, and it's got things that are supposed to be scary, but at the same time, it's addressing an issue with people and relationships and fractured relationships among family members. So that's what they're going for. They just
0: really don't go far enough. Okay, so they need to pull that together. Are there any comparables? If I enjoyed, uh, you know, let's say The Sixth Sense or something like that, is this on that level or not quite? There?
1: Uh, no, I wouldn't put anywhere near Sixth Sense. I mean, it's just kind of one of those middling horror movies. It's not the worst thing in the world, if you stumbled across it on cable one day, you might sit and watch it and say, all right, I blew two hours there. But as far as going to a theater and paying eight or ten bucks to see it, I think you'd probably wish that you had spent that money on a different movie.
0: All right, so separation, a reference to the divorce. That's plainly apparent as you watch the trailer, so we're not revealing anything there. At 2.5? Divorce lawyers. <laughs> divorce lawyers, okay, how about that? Okay, super, all right, so that film. Anything else to say about that? Anything superlative, super performances, or anybody really stink? Or...
1: Uh, some of the performances are actually pretty cheesy. The best performance comes from Brian Cox, who plays the father-in-law. He's one of those great character actors. We've all seen him in a million things. You may or may not know his name, but he's one of those people that when you Mm -hmm. see him you think, oh, I love that guy. Uh, He's good in this, but uh, some of the other performances really are kind
0: of amateurish. Okay, so we're not going to hear talking about separation for a decade to come or anything along that line. All right, Super 2.5, Divorce Lawyers for Separation, and that's on what today? Uh, That opens in theaters nationwide today. Just theaters, okay. Uh, You wanted to talk about Without Remorse, which is Mm -hmm. another film that's out. That's a Tom Clancy film. Tell Mm -hmm. us about that. This is
1: a Paramount film that they were going to release in theaters, but because of COVID, they sold it to Amazon Prime, which is where it debuts today. And Michael B. Jordan stars in this, and he plays a Navy SEAL who is part of this mission, and the CIA lies to him and his team about what the mission really is. And they end up getting in a firefight with a bunch of Russians. And the Russians try to retaliate by coming to America and killing all of the Seals. Now, they kill Michael... This isn't a spoiler. This is like in the first 10 minutes of the movie. It's in the but trailer, they, too. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Uh, they kill Michael B. Jordan's wife and leave him for dead. And so when he heals, he goes on a mission to track all of these people down. So it's basically just another one of those you killed my family member, now I must kill you kind of movies. Uh, with a Tom Clancy film, you expect much more intrigue and much more suspense. And this is just a basic, dull, repetitive revenge picture. Michael B. Jordan is very good. Some of the other performances are good. But this movie really... Really fell flat for me so two stars for tom clancy's
0: without remorse well when i saw the trailer weeks ago i thought well this is just another film you know of a slighted um family macho man that goes Mm -hmm. after people that either injure or kidnap or in any way threaten his family. So it's kind of been done. Okay. So you weren't super impressed with that. Uh, I love the trailer for the Mitchells versus the machines. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was I sucked in appropriately there? Yeah. I wanted to make sure we talked about a good movie today, and this is my pick of
1: the week. Here again, this is another movie that was supposed to debut in theaters, but because of COVID, uh, Columbia sold it off to Netflix. It's an animated film from some of the same people who made Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the Lego movies. And it's about a family, and they're a very kind of dysfunctional family. It's two parents, a teenage girl who's about to go to college Plus and a younger the brother. the Griswolds.
0: Kind of, In yeah. It's very griswold
1: yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're going on a road trip to take this girl to college. And meanwhile, there is a tech company uh, kind of... Loosely based on Apple, and Apple. the guy has a new cell phone uh, that makes it to look like a robot. I'm getting really complicated with this. But anyway, machines start to take over the world, and this family has to somehow band together. While they're on the road. While they're on the road, okay. they're kind of like the last surviving family. They have to try to rescue the rest of humanity and take down these things. But this is the most hilarious movie I have seen this year. I laughed from start to finish. There were so many funny jokes in this movie, so many funny characters, uh, a lot of movie references. and pop culture references in it because those things are very important to the teenage girl. She's going to film school, so she kind of sees this entire adventure that they get in, like her own personal movie. And at the same time that it's so funny, there's a really heartwarming message to this film. And when they get to the end about the father and the daughter who really have not seen eye to eye and how this adventure brings them together. So it's called The Mitchells vs. the Machines. It debuts today on Netflix, appropriate for the entire family. And I think everybody is really going to love this movie. It is so, so funny. What is it rated? Uh, I believe it's PG. There's okay. nothing particularly offensive in it.
0: Okay. Younger kids just might not get it. That might be uh, sort of the issue associated with that. Yeah, the trailer's a hoot, and uh, you get a glimpse of some of the things that you're referring to, particularly the different references and themes, and uh, nothing brings uh, an angsty teenage daughter closer to her father than having the father save the world. So I think Right, that, right. That's a real clincher in most families, I would think, so... So that's the Mitchells versus the Machines, new on Netflix. Rating probably about PG or so. It's not, really nothing offensive. And yeah, it to totally no, appropriate for families. No cursing or nothing like that. So you can see that uh, if you're, uh, and it just just looks interesting and animated. And I I almost saw that. Um, sort of Ferris Bueller's day off timeliness or timelessness to it too mm-hmm. that you know we might be watching this film <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I think so yeah. Any, yeah
0: anytime robots threaten the world we <laughs> might we right. might go back and watch this right so. okay so that's that now we uh, you had predicted some things related to the Oscars for mm-hmm. best picture you thought uh, Nomadland mm-hmm. would uh, win and of course it which did which in fact win yep uh, let's see uh, directing best director who was your pick and what uh, did Chloe Zhao for oh,
1: Okay. Land, and she won she became only the second female director ever to win that
0: award and the first person of color the first woman of color to win best director at the Oscars right. well, good 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 and I haven't seen Nomadland yet even though you told me exactly how to see it and where to see it but uh, we'll have to do that now uh, actress what did you predict and what happened
1: uh, for actress I predicted that it would probably be Carey Mulligan for promising young woman uh, although I said that if anybody upset her it would be Frances McDormand for Nomadland and Frances McDormand did win. That was her third Oscar victory after taking Best Actress for Fargo in the 90s and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri a couple years ago. So she, she is did. now a three-time Oscar
0: winner. Boy, and she just delivers a great character wherever she is. I've seen the other two. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Nomadland yet. Okay, actor, I think you were uh, predicting... Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, Chadwick Boseman was considered to be the odds-on
1: favorite here, although Anthony Hopkins was perceived as the potential upset for the father. And that's what happened. Anthony Hopkins Mm -hmm. ended up winning the award. Uh, I can't fault that. You know, those were both great performances. It's not like a less worthy performance beat a more worthy performance. Though Those are two superior performances right there. So uh, I think a lot of people were disappointed because Chadwick Boseman, of course, passed away, and this was the last chance for the Oscars to honor him. I think some people were disappointed that that didn't happen, but you certainly can't fault Anthony Hopkins. He gave a great performance and is certainly a deserving winner for The Father.
0: And Chadwick was nominated for his role in... Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Available on Netflix now and and well worth seeing. Okay. We all have to see that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Anthony Hopkins and The Father. I I haven't seen The Father yet, but I've seen the trailer and I thought, well, it looks like a convincing Anthony Hopkins performance, but I kind of get... I I sort of an Anthony Hopkins mode in my brain now. Mm-hmm. You know, I really have trouble kind of getting sucked in. But maybe the whole film does a super job. Okay, uh, actress in a supporting role. This will be the last one we'll do of this. Uh, yeah, Should who it? did I say? Um, uh, uh, I wouldn't know how you say it. Young. young oh, yes. Young. Um, I can't remember her name remember yeah, her y- name young, for her name. For Minari, yes. Right. And she did win a oh, uh, great Super. performance there. So. all right, Good. Another W for her. Super. Well, good. Well, that's great that she has a young actress, has a, has a Oscar on the mantle. That doesn't hurt anything. Uh, let's see. A, a debacle. A literal <laughs> debacle. Well, tell me about this. This Citizen Kane thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. this is kind of silly, but kind of funny. Uh, Citizen Kane, for the longest time, had a perfect 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes, meaning 100% of the critics who posted a review of Citizen Kane on that website liked it. Well, this week, Rotten Tomatoes unearthed an 80-year-old, or not 80-year-old review, but an older review of the film uh, that was negative from Chicago. Uh, Yeah, it was an 80-year-old review. That can't be right. Yeah, it is. Um, (laughs) That doesn't seem possible that Citizen Kane came out 80 years ago? Well, it was, what, 30s? I guess it was, yeah. Boy, man, that's making me feel my age. But anyway, uh, they found a negative review, and they're including older reviews now in their ratings in order to give a broader perspective of how films were received at the time. So now Citizen Kane no longer has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. The current highest-rated film at 100%, and based on the number of reviews, is Paddington 2.
0: No, brother. Yeah, 1941. (laughs) That doesn't. That was 80 years ago. Boy, that does not seem possible to me. Well, and it's a timeless film. It still holds up. You know. Yeah. So okay. So in any event, okay. So now it's down. Citizen Kane is down to 99 percent. Right.
1: Okay. And you know, no movie is ever going to have every single person who sees it enjoy it. And Rotten Tomatoes, is just an aggregate. It just takes all of the scores and gives you a simple percentage of how many people liked it. I think some folks put too much emphasis on what that score is. Obviously, Citizen Kane is one of the great films of all time, if not the greatest. So it will remain so. And Paddington 2 is a great film, too, in a different way, but... Uh, Both
0: well worth seeing. All right, so some good trivia there for folks. (laughs) All right. Finally, there's going to be some more Godzilla and Kong movies coming out?
1: Yeah, you know, Warner Brothers launched this series that they call the Monsterverse, and it was going to be Godzilla and King Kong movies. There was Godzilla, then Kong Skull Island, then Godzilla King of the Monsters, and it was supposed to culminate with Godzilla vs. Kong. The first three movies really didn't perform as well as they thought, so Godzilla vs. Kong was supposed to be the final film in the series. Well, of course, it's blown up. It's a massive hit, blowing away the other three. And so they have decided that they're going to continue to extend this franchise. And I think it'll probably take a different direction where it'll be more like this, more monster versus monster as opposed to just Godzilla or just King Kong.
0: (laughs) Well, I think we've done Godzilla a hundred times over. We have, you know, in different just by himself or herself. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so we don't uh, don't need more of that. Okay. So we need more Kong versus. All right. So yeah, maybe Kong versus the Mitchells or something like that. Would I be, would see that. Would, <laughs> well, you see everything. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see everything. What are you going to see today? Uh, Sometimes you go to the movies on Friday. Anything on the agenda today?
1: Uh, I have a couple movies I'm pre-screening here for the
0: coming week, so I'll be seeing a few films in advance. All right. We'll see you in a week, and we'll talk about another new movie that's out, Movie Mike McGranahan. Thank you so much, Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic. His website, aisleseat.com, at aisleseat on Twitter.